0: In school when you would fill out what your parents did for a living I would write trimmings not knowing what the heck it was.
1: When they opened up the window in the sweatshop I used to go play on the roof. Isn't <laughs> that a great place where you to play?
0: I said God let the morning come <laughs> quick so I can go to my sewing machine. I think I'm nuts. <laughs>
2: Hello and welcome to Sewing Community, the podcast where local Westchester area residents share their life in fabric and thread. I'm your host, Aaron Page, Director of Folk Arts at Arts Westchester, the officially designated Arts Council for Westchester County, New York. For the last several months, Arts Westchester has been teaming up with Amanda Browder, a Brooklyn-based fabric artist, to transform our nine-story building of White Plains into a cascading, colorful fabric installation. All of the stories heard in this podcast were collected from individual volunteers who've been involved in the building of this monumental work of public art. Our hope is that the stories shared here will in some small way sustain and deepen the social fabric of our sewing community. This week's episode features several interviews conducted at the ARC Westchester, the largest agency in Westchester County supporting children, teens, and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, including individuals on the autism spectrum and their families. Special guests include Nancy Pitota, Teresa Lombardi, Julia Daniels, Cynthia Ferguson, and Maria Robson.
1: Hi, my name is Nancy Pitota, and I'm the executive director of the ARC Westchester Foundation. And I live in Rye, New York, but I'm really a native Westchester person. I was born in White Plains. I lived in New Rochelle, and now I've been in Rye for about uh, 15 years. I am one of eight daughters, number five, actually. And our grandmother, who lived with us for about 25 years after the babies were born and my mom could use some help with all these, uh, these kids, Uh, She was a seamstress, Uh, actually her family were upholsterers, but she really refined her craft and was able to sew lots of clothes and stuff for us as kids, which of course, as you can imagine, was very helpful for my mother, trying to clothe and feed eight kids is uh, always a challenge. My grandmother was a bit of a perfectionist, so of course when we would go out, we'd we'd go to the store where you used to be able to buy fab um, patterns and we would pick a pattern for a dress or a, 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 a top and bottom or something along those lines that was fashionable at the time and we'd be so excited to get home and get started on it and then of course the lesson would start lay it this way you have to cut against the uh, nap with the nap Uh, you need to do facing you need to do and of course we would quickly get frustrated and anxious and and we'd say okay granny well then you do it and then of course she would do a beautiful job but it definitely hindered us from learning exactly the way to do some of this really high quality sewing But my mother, uh, who was also quite adept at sewing, but she really enjoyed um, crocheting. And I remember as a little kid, learning how to crochet from my mother. And to this day, I'm still crocheting. I just became a grandmother for the first time. And what did I do first, but crochet a blanket and a hat and little booties for the baby, a little boy, because that's what my mother would do If she was still around, she would have been crocheting it. So to me, it's sort of a kind of family legacy that I can pass down and now make this beautiful uh, crochet piece for them. Uh, And one of the things that I realized the other day, because I also made a blanket for a woman who works with me who is recovering from an injury. Very often I'll go out and I'll buy yarn. I don't necessarily have a person or a project in mind. I just liked the the yarn, or it was on sale, or whatever, and I'll get started on a blanket. And before I finish it, a recipient always shows himself or herself. That's one of the most beautiful things about it. And as I was crocheting it, I realized she was coming back to work after being out for a couple of weeks. And I said, that's who's going to get this blanket. And I brought it in on the first day that she was back, and... She, it brought tears to her eyes and she told me the other day that she, she can't wait to get onto the couch at night and put this <laughs> cozy blanket on her and I always say it's wrapping you in love because every one of those stitches love. that's the power of these You know, doing things with your hands it brings you back to where you came from and the people that taught you to be who you are So I look at this and I say to myself, Granny would be in heaven in this room today, although she was a bit of a perfectionist. So, you know, uh, we're giving folks in that room a little bit more of a a free-for-all to design and be creative and seams don't have to be perfect, colors don't have to exactly match, it's all about diversity and inclusion, which is really what we're all about as well. Everybody who's in there has a hand in it, Uh, so everybody's contributing in a way, and everybody looks at the fabrics a different way. I'm looking at a particular fabric and I could be seeing it completely differently than somebody else is, but that's okay. Because it's all basically coming together, all different perspectives, all different uh, levels of creativity, sewing skills or no sewing skills, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. all coming together, and um, it's going to be it's going to be absolutely beautiful. I often say um, the activity is not even as important as the community coming together. Uh, it's almost secondary. When we create activities. All it is is really an opportunity to bring people from you know, the outer community into our environment and create connections. It gives them something to do while they're getting to know each other. And we find it's more, um, it's, it's helpful for, especially a new volunteer, to kind of break the ice with somebody in the program if they're working on something together. You know, I, I'm, I'm a person, I have a story I have likes, I have dislikes, I have family, I like this color red, mm-hmm. I like this texture, you know, I have shoes that are that, that way, or I like your handbag. I mean it's, before you, it's the connections happen and that's, that's a wonderful thing to take with you out after this project out into the greater community.
3: My name is Teresa Lombardi, I'm from Somers, New York. I uh, work at uh, Arc of Westchester, and we support uh, individuals with uh, developmental and int- intellectual disabilities. Um, I found out about um, the project that Amanda Browder was spearheading. I attended the workshop uh, at night uh, last month, and uh, I was intrigued with her, um, especially when she said that um, it's, not, it's not just a quilt. She said that it's, it's fabric art. And that intrigued me. And every time I was trying to explain it to somebody, I stopped myself from saying, it's not quilting. We were making a, a work of art. And what meant a lot to me is that um, I uh, used to work in banking. And 31 Mimarinick, where this is going to be draped over, is where I started my career. So that building there means yeah, means a lot to me. It has a lot of memories. And um, you know, I, I cannot wait to see this done. Um, So when I attended your workshop, uh, I thought about the individuals, the population that we serve, and I thought it would be an excellent idea to open up ARC of Westchester to Arts Westchester, for um, you guys to come and share your love of the arts with our guys who want to learn more about the arts. The past two days have been absolutely incredible. Here at ARC, I handle uh, recreation, and coming up with different ideas uh, to give our guys and gals a sense of purpose. And um, them experiencing uh, Aaron and Amanda, and the work that you guys do for the community. You're bringing so many people together. Um, We have so many young men and women that want to now learn how to sew. Uh, We didn't have that before. I've been here for two years, and uh, maybe one individual out of 105 has mentioned sewing. Today I've probably had 25. So um, I thank you for for bringing that to us. They also got to see how um, these donations of fabric were donated, dropped off, and there's different stories behind all of the fabric. Um, We had a staff from Ghana she ran to the other side of the room because she saw a piece of fabric that reminded her of Ghana Amanda stopped her and said yes a gentleman came and dropped this off who was from Ghana he had this piece of fabric laying in the house so it was just incredible and then the stories to find out about how Aaron spent some time in Ghana and we have staff here from Ghana so it just brought everybody together to find out more about each other and just to celebrate the arts. So I cannot wait for this sculpture, this fabric sculpture to go up at 31 Mimarenic. Uh and for our groups to go by and look up and say, hey, I did that.
4: Julia uh, Daniels, I live in Pleasantville and I'm 22. I'm very interested in sewing because I started in middle school with um, academics, with cooking and sewing, and so I started that. And then when I got to high school, they had a sheet saying, would you like to start a costume, cool. Me and my friends um, started it, and so I'm the one who likes sewing the most, and they just came along to volunteer. So I did that for four years, and then I signed up for sewing class, and then I did that for two years. I have my own machine, I made so much stuff. I made like tote bags, pajamas, a skirt. I love fashion. I love making things. It helps me to relax. It's just a good thing. It's really, really a good skill to have. Everyone should have it. My grandpa's wife did sewing for like stuffed animals. Um, my parents told me about her, and so I said, okay, um, that's how I got inspired by my grandma, and so I started from there. I think it's posi- positive that everyone's volunteering, everyone's working together, that people are learning to do things, to have their hands on all together. Um, to make something huge for the town, it's very helpful. I think it's important because people don't have what you have and making things for others will inspire them. You see homeless people and you want to make clothes or blankets for them. I don't need to make something for myself, but I need to make for others to make them happy.
0: Cynthia Ferguson, and I now live in Ossining, New York. I won a sewing machine at the 1964 World's Fair. And when I went to pick it up, I had to buy the cabinet. However, I then got married and decided to learn, through the arts of Westchester, how to sew. Made maternity clothes, and when the children came along, I started sewing for them because I have a daughter who is dwarfed. and. She was toilet trained and did not need to wear snap crotch clothing, but was in that size. And I wanted her to look more her age. And it's gone on from there. So I learned to sew for her. And then I sewed for my two sons. I sewed coats, hats, suits. I can't tell you all the stuff. Strictly pattern. I don't have the machine anymore now because I gave it to my daughter-in-law. She wanted to get one. I said, good, take it. I'm not using it.
4: My name's Maria Watson, and I live in here it's in New York. My interest came because of growing up really loving certain characters and wanting to be them. So I just wanted to learn how it came because I want to make it." So I think I'm proud to be this character because I made it. The reason I want to learn this so is because to be with the fabric in a pile to turn from that into clothing that fits and seeing how you can make so creative with different process that it could be like, oh, you see this as, you well, know, into something, it might be ugly fabric, but you can make something so beautiful out of it.